Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. Four women born in four different decades on a mission to help you eat right, get strong, and feel confident in your body. We have all struggled with our body image and confidence at some point, which is why we came together to create this podcast, to remind you that no matter how old you are, you can do this. All you need is support and us, your four empowered besties, to help you crush it on your health and fitness journey. Join us each week for an episode packed on not just what to do, but how to actually do it. We share the crap that no one else talks about because you deserve to succeed and we love keeping it real. Whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or beyond, we got you covered. From four badass women to another, know that we love you, we appreciate you, and you deserve to feel good in your body. Now let's dive in. And welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. And I am going to be your host today, Sarah. And with me, I have my three, as always, very beautiful and glamorous assistants. Ladies, how are we all doing? So Hi, Sarah. good. I love when you call us beautiful and glamorous. <laughs> I'm just I trying know. to schmooze you all. That's my, that's yeah, my what do you want? Muse you ladies. Yeah, I'm gonna save it till the end what I actually want from you all. You know? <laughs> um, let's do a quick round robin and um see what's been happening in people's people's lives. Anything anything good? Kim, let's go to you first because you've just told us quite an amusing story. <laughs> amusing story of, of amusing of, story of how I kicked my children out of the house. <laughs> Kim has been ex oh excavating. That's not the right one. <laughs> I don't think I've been excavating. So look, you, you parents out there probably really relate. It's hard during coronavirus when your kids are here all the time and you're trying to do work, especially if your work involves anything that needs quiet. And my kids, they, they actually, my daughter got a job this week, so she has a job. My kids have jobs. They're not in school, but they're just here a lot. And so they're up here partying and I'm trying to film YouTube videos. And so I finally just gave them my credit card and told them to leave and go find food that was not in my house. This was after the third time my son opened the freezer to, I don't know what he needed. I don't, I was like, you can't cook here. So anything in the freezer, what are you going to do with it? Because I'm filming in the kitchen. So I feel like they just wanted to be YouTube stars. I feel they were just trying to get in on some of the action. My son does that. My oldest son has made a guest appearance in a lot of my YouTube videos. He just peeks in and I like, I, he's always in the background and I'm like, there he is again. It's like, where's Waldo? Oh my God, that's hilarious. So um, to anyone listening, you should head over to Kim's um, YouTube channel yes. and play Spot Kim's phone. Spot <laughs> Fitness, look for my son. That'll give you something to do during COVID. And to be clear, my kids are teenagers. It's not like I'm kicking six-year-olds to the curb with a credit card. <laughs> my kids are 19, 17, and 14. <laughs> Oh my God, for somebody calls Childline on you. <laughs> oh my God, thank you, Kim. Ladies, Sam, what's been happening in Puppy World? Yeah, um, having a puppy is a fucking blast. It's also for frustrating as hell when he pees on things, but um, it's okay. It's like, it's taught me so much. A lot of love, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of like the things you thought matter, like don't, like smelling good. You know, like he just he just like smells like shit all the time. Not shit, but like he smells like a dog, right? And like the deepest part of me just wants to clean him every day. I like want to bathe him every day because I'm like, I want you to smell really good. And just like I have the same standards for my own hygiene, but he doesn't, and I'm not going to bathe him every day. So I have to just like accept that he's 
a puppy and like he's gonna pee on himself or like he's gonna step in his pee because he's not old enough to lift his leg yet you know like stuff like that it just really makes you laugh it was actually pissing me off and now I'm in the place of like oh fuck this is just my life now so (laughs) yeah but he's great he's so has he ruined anything like that you're like wow I can't believe he ruined that no, you know, he hasn't. I mean, Kurt and I have been like insane about training him. We've been very intentional and like watched a shit ton of YouTube videos and like are very like preventative. I do not want him to be annoying or not disciplined or mm-hmm. pull on the leash. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to jump on people. So we're like taking precautions now so that anytime he does that, we very like strictly enforce like that is not okay. Not um, it. And it's good. Like he's learning for sure. And he kind of lets us know when he has to go out and, um, which is amazing for a puppy. We've had him for seven, not like 10 days now. It feels like it's been years, but, uh, <laughs> he's, he is Welcome a little parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh my God. I, like, I don't get it. Cause I'm, you know, it's, I'm just a puppy parent, but it is like, wow, you got to take care of something else and keep it alive. And, and yeah, so it's been great. Honestly, it's, uh, it can be stressful, but I'm trying to focus on the good, the fun parts. Yeah. Oh my God. Same with, same with everything. Yeah. Focus on the fun parts. Good com- yeah. With the good comes the shit, basically. <laughs> or the pee. Or the pee. Yeah. yeah. Or the puppy pee. Or the puppy pee. Marcy, what's going down in well, camp? To kind of go off what Sam was saying, I'm, I'm having some puppy problems myself. Like oh. my dog and my child. Well, I mean, I think he's fine. I think he's just being incredibly picky (laughs) um but I this has been going on for a while now and I can't really figure it out but he like won't eat sometimes like some days he will some days he won't and one day he'll like something and the next day he won't and it's just been this struggle to uh, try to find the food that he will eat that is suitable for dogs Mm -hmm. so you know we were on a podcast maybe six weeks ago and um I was like hysterical in tears thinking that something was really wrong with him because he is, he'll be 12 in December. And like, that's not young in dog years anymore. Yeah. Um, so I went to the vet and everything was fine, but yeah, it's just like been, it's been very frustrating, you know, to have him now have to like hand feed him or like literally feed him from a silver spoon. Um, so I'm like, are you just being picky and high maintenance? <laughs> but it's like, you know, People get sick of what they eat, right? Like, I'll eat the same thing for six months and be like, I don't want to see this again. So maybe dogs are the same way. I don't know. So working through that. um, Marcy, maybe it's it's teaching you, like, the control freaking you to just, like, just, like, let him, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. But, like, at the same time, like, the dog's got to eat, right? And I've tried all of these different, like, expensive dog foods. He won't touch those. And. The one thing he'll always eat is like human food, you know, like the deli turkey. He loves that. Yeah. Um, actually ate chicken and Japanese sweet potato, which is my favorite. I'm like, smart <laughs> dog. So yeah, I'm like, I'm feeding him human food. You know uh, what? I, 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 huh? No, I was going to say, why don't you, um, something I've done, because Heavy already is annoying with his food. He's so high maintenance, but he loves his treats. So I've been taking like three treats and like spreading oh. his food and then he eats the whole bowl. That's just interesting. Like, That's like, yeah, I'll give him one of those like jerky sticks and yeah, he'll yeah, all yeah. eat those. Like, um, crunch it up into little pieces so he can't like just pick them out. Like he has to eat the food. Yeah. It works. It works. And then 
you know, I, I've talked about like my relationship kind of, it ended at the beginning of the year, but we were still spending time together. And uh, Jeff, my ex, like Wesley loved him. He was like his favorite person. So Jeff's now saying, I think it's me. I think it's because I'm not around and he's just having really bad anxiety. And maybe you should bring him over for a couple of days and we'll see if he eats around me. I'm like, absolutely not. Like yeah. <laughs> you could not get privileged to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> And it's yeah. fine. <laughs> dog visitation rights. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, um, so that's that. And then last week I talked about my new training program starting, which I wasn't really too excited about, but one week in and it's not, it's not so bad. It's actually fairly challenging. And I did the metabolic conditioning workout on Sunday and I did abs for probably the first time in I want to say years, maybe not years, but a long time. <laughs> like I never trained my abs. Oh my gosh. I am so sore. I was like, <laughs> over in bed last night. Every time we rolled up, I'm like, Oh my God. And then I, I did it. I like calculated it. I'm like, I probably did like 250 reps of abs. What did you do, Marcy? Yeah. Because the, basically what it was, it was a circuit of, I don't know, six or seven exercises. And you start with five reps. So you go five reps, 10, 15, 20, 25, wow. and then 20, 15, 10, 5. Okay. So, that and I had two, brutal. It was brutal. So I had two, and it was all body weight stuff. So I had two ab movements. So it was probably yeah, a combination of like 240 reps total after not doing one rep for yeah. <laughs> yeah. like what, what were the ab moves? What were they? They were supposed to be sit-ups and flutter kicks, but I did decline crunches which is probably more challenging oh, yeah. than flutter kicks so anyway that's been fun that's my update and now you have abs right isn't it funny when you do <laughs> when you do abs it feels like you have abs <laughs> right? there they are there where are I've they never, <laughs> i've never really i've never really had abs though like i have a very lean mid midsection but i don't have that like defined six yeah. pack i just don't have like because i don't work my abs like, I don't yeah. build and work them with resistance so I've never really like, built up muscle yeah. which I would kind of like to experiment with but anyway um uh, <laughs> I did I had a coach years ago that had me doing nothing but weighted ab stuff and I basically built bid, built a midriff like square bob bum what's his name square bum. Bum. yeah see I told just listeners, just to give you a bit of a, a warning, um, I am having trouble stringing sentences together because it's kind of the end, end of my day as we are recording this. Um, yeah, it made me very square in the middle, so I, <clears throat> I don't touch, I don't touch weights anymore for my middle. Well, at the minute I'm not touching weights, period. But my, <laughs> <laughs> for my, but that's another story. That's another story altogether. Um, and a very quick brief update for me what have we been doing killing killing new plants making blueberry muffins working on my course getting frustrated that people in the world are going out and practically sitting on top of each other and reinfecting each other and spreading corona even more so the lockdown is kind of happening um all over again um yeah, that pretty much sums me up all in all <laughs> all, in, all in all I'm pretty good <laughs> You just have the ups and downs and, you know, blueberry muffin making was fun. It was proper freestyle and they look a bit more like drop cakes than actual. No, you got to put those in your story. Have you? I did. Oh, I did. did I miss it? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to miss them because they, they weren't like particularly a thing of beauty. But you know, it got me thinking I quite like baking. Yeah, I just made a banana cream pie yesterday and that was pretty intense. Whoa. Baking is hard, yo. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's an intense experience. But this isn't, um, I know we just chewed your ear off like for about an hour just talking about what we've been doing so I hope you were interested um but what we're actually going to talk about is personal responsibility um and actually listening to each of each of the ladies um they're all showing like how they take responsibility for um other beings in their lives whether they be human beings or puppy beings um so personal responsibility is something that I think sometimes a lot of people struggle with to accept that it's something that they need to actually embrace. I think the, the outcome of this conversation is we want to be able to empower you to take full responsibility for yourself, realise how um, important it is um, and you know, to empower you to know that you actually can create the, your own reality you get to create your results if you are prepared to actually take day-to-day -day responsibility for yourself and not try and outsource it to um other people so let us begin with um like our own stories of personal responsibility um maybe start with um a time or you know periods in your life where you feel maybe you lacked taking personal responsibility and you were kind of looking around to outsource and you know blame the blame culture um mm -hmm. sam let's start with you <clears throat> totally yeah i think i grew up very victim um mm -hmm. and that was just like how i was brought into society in a certain sense or like what i learned i was like oh i just like this is just how it is, right? It's like, I just go through life this way and I'm just this way. And I didn't really know that there was a difference. And like, to be more specific, I think in terms of my body, like when I was overweight, I was like, oh, it's my genetics. Like my, you know, my mom's side of my family is like super overweight. So I just assumed like, oh, that's just going to be me. Right. And I didn't take responsibility or ownership or try to even change it. Um, Another part was like finances. Like I didn't understand money. I didn't like money. I didn't want to deal with money. And I was like, I guess I was hoping one day for like somebody to come along and like figure it all out for me and just be like, here you go. Here's the answers. And same with my relationship. Like before I met Kurt, I was, I have, I've obviously, I've been in I've been in relationships, but I think I was waiting for somebody to show up on my freaking doorstep for me because I was a good person. And um, it's just like, I realized very quickly, like, that's not how it works. And so I had to go create all of the things. So, you know, with weight loss, it was like hiring a coach. With my relationship, it was going and listening to relationship seminars, understanding how to attract your partner blah, 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 blah. And then going and asking Kurt out. And then for finances, it was, I've probably hired four to five different financial coaches or bookkeepers or whoever, because money is something I didn't understand. And I felt really bad in like a lot of shame around not understanding it. So 
I was like, this feels gross and I don't really know what I'm doing with my money. So I was like, I'm going to ask someone for help because I don't want to have to ever rely on somebody else to know how much money I'm making or spending all the things. And same with my, my nutrition. I was like, I don't know how to change my body, but I'm going to ask somebody that does and learn. So I think honestly, in like all parts of my life, um, I was so victim. (laughs) Do you, um, like this is kind of like to, to just listening to Sam's story. So anyone kind of jump in here. Do you think that sometimes not, understanding and a lack of knowing is what holds people back from actually taking responsibility because they just they find it too overwhelming or they don't want to admit that they don't know because of the amount of like embarrassment they feel like they should know because for some reason we all come into this planet and feel like we're all like professionals at life and we know everything nobody knows everything and there is no handbook yeah so it's an extraordinary amount of pressure to put um, ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's actually exactly it. Because I think like growing up, I was judged a lot. And so I, I didn't want to be stupid. I didn't want to look stupid. I didn't want to not know. And I was like, I should know this by now. Mm. Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to admit it. And I also, like, I, I was totally living in denial. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to accept that that's where I was. I was like, nope, I'm fine. Nope, I'm fine. But then, like, every night I'd go to bed and be like, uh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What's the acronym for denial? Don't even know I am lying. Oh, I've never heard that. that. I can't remember where I got it from. It might have been a Marie Folio book, actually. But, yeah, denial. Don't even know I'm, li- I'm lying. I was like, ooh, that's like. That's it's in the feels. Yeah, that's in the feels. Um. Yeah. Thank you. So, oh, I haven't said yet. Thank you, Samantha. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Marcy, let's go to you. Well, gosh, this is so interesting because there are certain aspects of my life where I definitely take personal responsibility. So my health and my fitness, uh, or like my nutrition and my fitness and my health, And I did that starting at a very young age. So, you know, my story is I was overweight as a kid and completely fed up with it by the time I was, I think it was 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. I don't remember the exact age, but being like, excuse my language, fuck this shit. And I am going to buy a workout VHS tape. Lord knows how I got the money for that when I was that age, (laughs) Uh, you know, off of some infomercial and I'm going to start working out. I didn't really ask my mom for help. I asked her for diet advice probably when I was in middle school and the advice that she gave me was horrible just because she didn't know any better. She was just going off of, you know, what she had learned along the way. So one of my favorite statements is you really can't like put blame on other people can't like resent them because we're all just doing the best we can with the level of awareness that we have at the time and the tools that we have at our disposal right so she was trying to help but see i took personal responsibility around that from a very young age and then have been able to continue that ever since yes i have hired coaches to help when i felt like i wasn't getting where i wanted to be but I still took personal responsibility from the fact that I even sought the help and then I always followed through on the help. 
So I think where I have struggled more along the way, and this is, you know, going back to the way I was raised and I feel bad for even admitting this, but, you know, I had a very good upbringing. Like my parents were broke as hell when I was young, but I really had no idea. And then once my dad's business started to become more successful and like, you know, they started to make more money, um, you know, I did have things, I guess, given to me, you know, my dad, they bought me a car, which I was supposed to be paying for. And I I didn't really like follow through on that. Like they sent me to college, you know, like I'm incredibly grateful for that stuff, but there were things that, you know, looking back, I hate to use the word resent, but possibly resent that they didn't teach me that today. I'm like, I, I don't even know what the hell to do. Like if they were to die tomorrow, I feel like I would be screwed because like, I don't know anything about life insurance and oh by the way my dad sells life insurance <laughs> like but he's but he's never taught me about it <laughs> right or you know just like those kind of like adult things like they didn't teach me about balancing a checkbook or insurance or you know taxes or any anything like that so i just kind of had to figure that all out on my own um marcy i feel you on that Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, and it's tough. And I really think like that is the stuff that we should be learning in school. Uh I don't remember anything about geometry or chemistry or, you know, like any of that stuff. Like I'm not applying that to my life right now, but yeah, just like the basic life practices that you need. Life skills. Thank you to like move throughout the world as <laughs> um, a responsible human. Yeah. Like I, I didn't really learn about that or I learned about it the hard way by screwing up. And then like my mom getting upset with me. So, <laughs> you know, going back to like my dad, his side business was he was a financial planner. So life insurance, health insurance, that kind of stuff. And I do remember him always talking about the importance of paying yourself first because he was self-employed. Um, so that's one thing that I probably started a little bit too late, you know, cause I'm an independent contractor and all that sort of self-employed. So I don't get a pension or 401k or retirement and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So I just kind of like heard from him, oh, you need to be saving. You need to be putting money aside, but it was never like, let me hold your hand and go like open an account with you. Mm-hmm. So I just like, I learned from osmosis in a sense. Yeah. Um, but then there are other things that come difficult for me, like technology, especially. And I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it. So someone else take care of it for me, you know? And I've like, luckily I've had, you know, boyfriends or husbands, whatever, like along the way, and they would always be able to do that stuff. But now I'm like on my own again. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to figure this out. And like, that is, that's scary, you know? So yeah, just like certain things in my life totally take personal responsibility. Other things, I'm like, I don't want to figure it out. Someone else do it. (laughs) And that, that does not feel good. You know, like it's empowering when you learn stuff Mm -hmm. for yourself and like just figure out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. I did have a question that popped into my head while you were speaking, but it had popped in and it has popped on out again so um i may come back to that kim 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 so the word that marcy just used um you know scary that that pretty much defines how i lived most of my life for a really long time i was afraid of like 
afraid of failing, afraid of not knowing what to do, afraid of looking stupid. And so um, I, I look back and I think a lot of the decisions I made in my 20s and in my 30s were really um, not taking personal responsibility by just being so busy taking care of everybody else and what they needed. And it came back to a lot of like, I was too afraid to like do anything that I really wanted to do. Um, and so it was easy to be like, well, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Like, you know, my husband's in graduate school and now we're having kids and now I've got lots of kids and, and now I'm, you know, volunteering for church. And I was just always so busy taking care of everybody else and making sure everybody else was good that I didn't um, take care of me. And it was a way of shirking that personal responsibility, which was really just a way of me getting around fear of failing and not being good enough at doing any of these things, you know, and it wasn't until, gosh, guys, I'm 49. I was, I don't know, we're only talking like five or six years ago that I finally started like facing these fears and putting myself out there and doing stuff that like there was a very rarely real possibility. Like I would not, it would not turn out how I wanted. And that was really scary. Um, yeah. It gets easier. The more you do that, the more you say like, I'm going to do this. And if it, if it doesn't go the way I want, like I will be okay. Um, that, mm -hmm. that was a big part of me being okay, taking personal responsibility. Um, mm -hmm being able to own the fact that it might not go the way I want. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so important. Just when you were talking about the fear of failing is for anyone um, listening is to reframe failure as actually a good thing because everything that, you know, you fail at, you learn from. Um, so rather than, you know, having it as this big, scary thing that's going to end, result in something bad happening, um, something that's definitely helped personally me and also quite a, a lot of my clients is just being able to view everything as a kind of, you know, opportunity to grow and an opportunity to learn valuable lessons. And without failure, if life was perfect and we were all just gliding through and never failing at anything, I mean, Jesus, life would be boring and nobody would be evolving at, at anything. So kind of, you know, failing gives you opportunity, um, I feel, really. Um, so for me, um, I was thinking kind of, I've been thinking a lot about this kind of recently. Um, and I think I was very much stuck in a lot of, I think I've struggled to take personal responsibility for a lot of areas in my life over the years, you know, finance, relationships. Um, I kind of really got stuck into the blame cycle. So always kind of, so when a relationship ended, I would, you know, blame blame the other person it was it was it was their fault I never really turned inward and questioned okay so you know what what could have been my level of responsibility in that was it the way that I was showing up in that relationship was it that I wasn't being myself you know what was my actual role in that um and then also you know for years my finances were just something that I like you Sam Marcy I just kind of shirked I just didn't look at it. I didn't, I didn't want to take responsibility for the reality. So I would avoid looking at stuff and I would I can attest like, to this totally as Sarah's partner in a membership <laughs> and myself too. <laughs> the two of us would be like, nah, we'll figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also kind of bringing it into, you know, when I got myself tangled up, 
um, you know, drinking too much and then also then, you know, switching it out and moving to extreme training and then, you know, with a disordered relationship with food and all of the things, I was still looking outside of myself for somebody to come and save me, for, um, you know, for somebody else. I wanted it to be somebody else's fault. And all that did was block me from actually taking responsibility and going, okay, I got myself into this. Like I got myself to the point where I've got a disordered relationship with food and I'm overtraining and I feel dreadful. So if I got myself into it, I have to get myself out of it. And not saying that I needed to do it all on my own, but I had to take responsibility for saying I got myself here and now I have to get myself out. No one is coming to save me. I have mm. to do and so, you know, it took me taking personal responsibility and going, yeah, and then piecing together, who do I need to get help from? And actually reaching out and taking it and, you know, um, doing that. So if I hadn't have taken personal responsibility, I would still be in a mess, like waiting for somebody to come and fly in and save me, like super. I like genuinely thought that was a thing. Like, I really did think that someone was like, I was just going to wake up one day and it was not going to be a problem anymore. Do you guys like? Can you guys relate? Yeah, I, I think in my you know in my relationship, and then taking things for granted too. So, I think I've said this before. I was married um, when I was in my late twenties for only a couple of years, but my ex husband he was a police officer, so he had a secure job and he had a pension and like really great benefits. And I, at the time was a personal trainer. This was before I had really even started the online thing. And it was scary. Like working for yourself can be scary because you never really know month to month, like how much am I going to make? And my, my like joke is I always say, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose everything overnight. And I'm going to end up living in a paper box on the side of the street. And like, that was like a real fear that would go through my mind all the time. But then when I was with him, I was like, oh, we're going to be fine. Like he's got everything taken care of. Like I actually, I think made more money than him, but it was more the, oh, if anything happens, he will bail me out or, oh, I still have all like that stuff that he brings to the table to fall back on mm-hmm. until one day he walked in and said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, now I've got to go figure it out. And that's when I did start to take more personal responsibility. So like two weeks later, I walked into my brother's office, who was also a financial planner and like set me up with my retirement fund, you know, and I really got um, more, I'd always been like financially responsible, but I like really nailed it down and started to save, started to look at my finances and where I could take control of that and really started to work on the online business so that I had an extra stream of revenue. And yeah, like I'm really, I'm grateful for that, you know, because so many people just throw their hands up and like, I don't know what to do. And then you're screwed. Yeah. 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 And I think that kind of the, I don't know what to do and then not actually thinking, okay, so maybe I should find out what to do is a form of self-sabotage because like that's, you know, you're stepping away from being able to earn it. And do you think it sometimes comes down to, um, okay, so first of all, maybe just not, just wanting somebody else to do it because, you know, we it's just, it's boring, it's not interesting, you know, I, I just can't be bothered. 
Or do you think there could also be a kind of level of lack of trust of self to be able to actually do the thing and to be able to, you know, take responsibility and know what to do? Both. Totally. Both. For me, it was the trust thing. And then it was the, all right, this is actually kind of annoying and I don't want to do it, (laughs) but, but I can, if I had to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the distinction to be made is you don't have to do everything yourself, but you should be able to. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people diffuse responsibility. Like if they're married, right. Or if they're, they have a partner like, Oh, well they, they just deal with the finances. Like they deal with the grocery shopping or they, you know, it's like, okay, what happens? Worst case scenario, they're not in your life anymore. Are you going to know how to go grocery shopping? Are you going to know how to even get onto your husband's account to manage your finances or like where he holds the Google sheet that tracks your budget? No, no, I'm not. You, you aren't. <laughs> you, tr- you truly aren't. So this <laughs> moment of like, for me, this literally I'm happened. screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you need to d- down all your tools and you need to spend the next week learning where your husband's Google sheet is. And that's, that's- I will tell you, having my own business, this is the first time I have been in charge of finances in my entire adult life. Like my, no, that's not true. My husband and I got married in my late twenties and he's always handled the finances. Just always like, you know, we just had money and there it was. <laughs> and it was, and this has been a really good thing for me to have to like totally yeah. be in charge of the finances of this business. And you know, when it got too much for me to handle, like we have an accountant that like helps me, but I have stuff I have to get rid. Like I have to know the stuff. I have to, I have to know it all. And that's been really good for me. Yeah. Kim, do you mind just kind of, um, kind of maybe saying like how it, how it has actually made you feel to be like, to have, to know that you can do that and to have that now, like how has it made you kind of feel? Less afraid because like, I know I can do this. Like money intimidates me figuring out what I'm supposed to do with it. That's intimidating. It feels really like, oh my gosh, if I screw this up, like that's a big deal. And to like have to be, have to, because my husband, there's no way he could do it. He has no idea what's going on in my business. Like it's my business account. It's my PayPal. It's hundred percent me. And so there's no way he could do it. And so I had to do it. And, you know, I was mad and annoyed and trying to, you know, nervous about it. But, you know, a couple of years in, I'm like, okay, like I feel I, I feel more at peace because I know I could do it, right? If something did happen to my husband now, like sure, there'd be a lot to figure out, like trying to like get into all these accounts and all the stuff, but like, I know I could handle it. Like I could handle it um, because I had to handle all this, you know? Yeah. So far, I haven't tanked the money side of my business. <laughs> I'm paying my taxes. <laughs> You're a great citizen. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Um, and I think just for, you know, um, the listeners, I think sometimes the stories that you build up around the thing that you don't want to take responsibility for are always way more dramatic and way more kind of out there than the actual reality. If you just broke it down and started taking like, the smallest, most actionable steps, then you would see that it's not actually as hard as you think it's going to be. And it's not as scary. And you can always reach out for help when you get stuck at a certain, a certain step. Um, And you don't need to know all the steps either. You just need to know the next, like you need to know like, okay, what's the very first step. And then there, and that's scary to like take a step 
And then you still don't know, necessarily know like what are the next steps, but then you just take one more. You don't need to know the whole picture with anything, like whether it's your nutrition, your weight loss, your finance, whatever. You don't need to know the whole plan. Like I do stuff all the time now. I have no friggin' clue what the end zone is, but I know what the next thing is, right? And then you do that thing and then you figure it out and you have to trust that you will figure it out. Yeah, because yeah. you've always figured it out. You've survived all your life out. up until now. And yeah. you might not have much evidence that you can figure much out yet. So start with something super small. And then when you start like building this like a bunch of experiences of like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing and now I do, you'll start to believe more like, okay, I can handle these things. I can do those things. Yeah. yeah. A frame of reference that I like to use for myself too, because I think finances for me was the last thing. And I'm still like, get, I'm still understanding fully. I don't. I'm not a master at this, but um, it's just the most recent thing that's probably transformed my own life is asking for help. Number one, just like bypass all the crap. Just like it's worth it. It is so worth the peace of mind knowing that someone's giving you a plan. So for your weight loss, because you're probably listening to this for weight loss, just hire a coach. Stop telling yourself you're going to figure it out because you haven't figured it out. I'm just like such an advocate for like skipping all the bullshit. Like stop lying to yourself. You're not going to figure it out because you haven't. Just ask for help. And that's the first step. Like that's what I say. Like look for a step, like find a coach you jive with and friggin' hire them. Yeah. One, accept that you're in the predicament you're in. You may not like it and it sucks and it's so painful. That's how it was for me when I looked at my finances for the first time. And I was like, oh Jesus Christ, these are a disaster. I was just so mad at myself. I was like, how could I have let it get this way? Like, what is wrong with me? Why did not anyone tell me that I had to be doing this this whole time? Right. And like, I felt, I was just soaking in the victim so hard. And then I was like, okay, I've had my pity party. Now it's time to actually change it. And then hired a coach. And so like for you guys, wherever you are, it's like, there's people way worse off than you. So give yourself some slack. It's totally fine. You were doing the best you could, but go ask for some help, right? Like it doesn't make you weak. Literally how you get out of the victim is like taking ownership. Like you pay that first payment of investment to a coach and you're like, Let's go, baby. I'm grabbing life by the horns. I'm buckling up and taking my shit under control. Because at the end of the day, no one's coming. There's no, no one's coming. There's no uh, one. There's no Bye. white. There's no white knight. There's no stallion. There's no <clears throat> no one. Sorry. <laughs> at the same time, that's still only the first step, right? Yeah. And then you gotta do I've, it. Always, I've always said this. Going back to what I was talking about earlier, like I didn't learn anything in in school. Well, I did learn something in science class and that was the concept of osmosis. And I always tell people like, it's not results through osmosis just because I'm here showing you what to do and giving you the tools doesn't mean that you're just going to get the results. You mm-hmm. actually have to show up and do the work. And that's where people, I think, get caught up is up, they are, they're looking for the coach or the course or whatever it might be. And they think just because I paid the money, just because it's now in my hands and I have this person on my side, I'm all of a sudden going to get the transformation without actually putting in the effort. It's like, no, sorry, that's not how it works. Mm, I've been there. Yeah, that's, that's a really um, important point to and kind I, of take in. That's what it comes down to, right? Yeah is is actually doing the work over and over and over again and because you're you're gonna mess up you know it's gonna be boring that's where you you need to take personal responsibility is 
it's not the coach. I mean, yes, there are horrible coaches out there. I will admit, you know, there are programs that aren't any good that, you know, maybe you got like, you got ripped off and that sucks, but then you have to take personal responsibility there to say, all right, I made a mistake. You know, what's the next right step. Um, but yeah, I think too many people will blame the coach will blame the program. If it is one that's good when they're not re getting results and they just want to dig their hand, hand in the sand and not look at themselves and say, where am I not showing up fully? Mm. Marcy, that question is like such a great question to, for you guys listening to ask yourself, like in all areas of life, like, where are you not showing up? Where are you not taking responsibility? Mm -hmm. You're probably going to feel pretty uncomfortable if you actually honestly answer that question, but that's, that's truly the first step in changing is like having that radical acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I would say, ask yourself that and then go a bit further and ask yourself why, why am I not? And just try and identify what your biggest fears are, what the blocks are, because until you start facing into that, you can't, you can't manage and you can't deal with the stuff that you're still denying. Mm -hmm. So it's all about kind of getting, as Sam said, radically honest with where you're at and how much of your responsibility you're shirking, but telling yourself you're not. Mm -hmm. um, so amazing. Ladies, have you got any um, kind of close up, round up um, insights that you would like to share with um, our audience on taking personal responsibility? Maybe something that you would, I don't know, say to a client when they first start with you or um, I think we feel we've had some pretty um, good insight from each of us on this, but is there any parting words? Um, I can share something. So mm. when clients first start with me, they get a, a video course and it comes every couple of days for like the first couple of weeks that they're with me. And one of the videos that they get um, is called um, choosing to look for solutions instead of excuses. Mm -hmm. Weight loss is hard. More of my clients than not. Most of them are, are weight loss clients. And the the whole video is about the idea that you always have a choice when something is, is happening. Am I going to look for a solution to this problem or am I going to look for an excuse for this problem? Mm. And so looking to identify that in your life, like here is here is a hurdle, here is a roadblock, here's the situation. Am I going to sit and complain about it, make excuses why I can't get around it, wallow in it, or am I going to look for a solution? Um, mm. And there's always a solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is, but you'll never find the solution if all you do is focus on the problem. You will, you will not find it if you're so busy making excuses. Yeah. And that's really why people don't reach their goals. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. so busy looking at the problems. They aren't looking for the answer. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Thank you, Kim. That was, I love that. Ladies, anything else anyone else would like to add? I the think so. I think I pretty much said everything I wanted to with that last. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's it good. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, I would recommend um, the book Radical Acceptance by mm -hmm. Tara, I think it's Brock. Um, yeah. She's an incredible author and she talks about the concept of radical acceptance. And so for any of you that are maybe curious on how to get more real with yourself and like really step into your own power and, and uh, just own your, own your shit, really. Ownership, own your shit. Uh, check her book out. We can, we can put a link in the uh, show notes. Yeah. 
Amazing. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, ladies, thank you for the conversation. Um, I hope this has been helpful. And um, any questions for any of us, then just reach out to us on Instagram. And we shall catch you on the next episode. Goodbye for now. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious, and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review, and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you, we appreciate you, and we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. Four women, one mission. We are the Decades of Strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.